You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. Rick, this is episode 96. Shout out to Clyde Simmons. Man, he was oh, good. A little tidbit. What a little trivia. Uh, our 1983 national championship team, the Southern Illinois Salukis, beat Clyde Simmons. Wow. Western Carolina Catamounts crushed them uh, in the national championship game. Down How about that? Yes. That's you a great little fun that. fact. No, I got all kinds of fun facts. We uh, definitely use that trivia in July, but it's, you know, for our longtime listeners, I'm glad they get to hear that that twice because I, I knew where you were going with that one, Rick. Yeah, oh, thank you. did? You. Look at that. Yeah, see, Ryan doesn't pay an att- You don't pay attention. I don't. That's what the issue is. That's where the disconnect comes in 68 days from now. Yeah, you cannot wait, by the way. You are chopping at the bit to get after me. Uh, by the way, that's shout out to Debo's guy, Clyde Simmons, number 96. I looked it up. I did do a little homework on this. 1992, he had 19 sacks. Like, we don't talk enough about how good Clyde Simmons was back in the day. But um, anyway, we'll get to Clyde Simmons as Debo notes over the summer. We'll have a Clyde Simmons retrospective. Was the opposite of Reggie White? When it, did they play together, Debo? Yeah, they played together. It was him, Jerome Brown. Seth Joyner was on that team. Pretty good. Eric Allen, Andre Waters. Oh, look at Debo. Hopkins. Debo's a wee little puppet. He already knows. He knows every single player. Hit all the football cards. All right. That, of course, is Rick Spielman with the fun stories. I'm Ryan Wilson, just trying to cope for another 68 days before Rick unloads on me. Today, though, Rick, going to play a little game with the quarterbacks in this draft class. Should they stay or should they go? Some are layups to come out. Others are layups to return to school and some are in between. So we'll talk about that also. Today is our first edition of Just Good Football Players 2024 NFL Draft Edition. We did this throughout the draft process last year, and Rick, you highlighted guys like Nick Herbig, who's uh, flashing for the Steelers and edge rusher. Steve Avila starting in the interior for the Rams. I talked up Sidney Brown, who Debo's having some issues with <laughs> in Philadelphia right now. He's been forced into playing time, but a great player at Illinois. Marty Mapu, who's getting some run with the Patriots out of Sac State. And today, we'll give you our JGFP list, version 1.0. I made that up, a little initials there. Well, yeah, yeah, but I came up with the just good football players. Yeah, you did. And I did I contribute one thing to this podcast? Rick Spielman trademark patent pending JGFP. (laughs) There you go. You're right. Debo, Rick said he's gonna be nice to me for until January 15th. He I don't think he he read the fine print on when January 15th is because he's fired up today. Uh, Speaking of which, Rick, 
before we go any further, if you're watching us on YouTube at NFL on CBS, you can see the official with the first pick draft countdown board. Rick, how many days do we have and how many days do I have? You have, we have 168 days until the NFL draft and Ryan, you can live the life of luxury <laughs> and the self-esteem building that I do on the show for 68 more days. Then it's go time. Then we get serious. Then it's draft time. Then the self-esteem coach becomes uh, the self-correcting much. coach. Yeah, becomes Tom Landry. I think <laughs> is, is where it goes. Tom Landry was very stoic. I, I'm not stoic with you. I express my emotions with you. That's true. You're you're oh you're gonna Brian Daybold me. I think it's what's gonna happen. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna turn into like a bright red like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer head. When he gets mad. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, we'll look forward to that on January 15th. And, of course, the draft is 168 days from now. If you missed it on Tuesday, it was another old Papa Drop edition. We talked up Jaden Daniels finally as legit QB3 in this class. Uh, we look back at C.J. Stroud's Hall of Fame performance. Man, he's playing so well. Bryce Young's lows. Yeah, boy. Our top five rookie performances from week nine. And, as always, you can check that out in the podcast feed. Rick, quickly, I went back and looked because I was curious. Um, uh, people accuse us at times on this podcast or standing for Bryce Young when perhaps we should just say that he's playing terribly. To your, in your defense, you said there was you're not making excuses for the way he played when we talked on Tuesday. But I did go back and look, and uh, I, I found some some troubling numbers that sort of support what you say. I'll mention this quickly because we don't need to dwell on it. Uh, but in terms of uh, this is from Next Gen Sats, I looked at all the, the uh, wideouts for the Carolina Panthers and the tight ends in terms of average yards of separation. Not surprisingly, they're below average compared to every other NFL team. Like, they're not getting open, and that's sort of what we talked about in terms of the offense that they're running. The other sort of troubling thing, if you're Bryce Young and maybe a fan of the Panthers, the offensive line gets beat percentage-wise. They're number one. No team gets beat more offensive line-wise off the snap. No quarterback gets pressured more. Only one team does. Second, excuse me. Fourth and sacked. Number of times quarterback sacked. You talked about this yesterday on Tuesday. In terms of play action, they're 31st in the league in running play action. Yes. Uh, Exposed to plays down the field, and this is going to relate to the the amount of times your quarterback gets hit in the face. They're 31st in exposed to plays down the field because Bryce doesn't have time. In terms of the times the quarterbacks blitz, they're only 28th, which means they're losing to four-man rushes consistently, and that's also another concern. And related to all that, that the deep ball percentage is 31%, So, uh, which means they're next to last in the league. So the point is Bryce is not playing well. The other point is they're not helping him. But I just want to say that because people accuse us of supporting Bryce. Eh, I'll support Bryce. Yeah, and I'm supporting Bryce, but I'm just starting to wonder now, Frank Wright, who's supposed to be a offensive expert, in Indy, his offenses struggled with Matt Ryan. A lot of the same issues popped up. And what you're seeing, the trend in the NFL, now that you mentioned this, and we've talked about this, is that I don't know if your next-gen stats, I didn't even know that existed, but that's... <laughs> You had a guy that did it for you. Yeah, I just go off what I see. They do not run motions, and motions help free up in bunches. They help free up the receivers more. Look at how much motion San Francisco runs, how much motion that um, even Houston, when I watch Houston. Miami. And Miami and what they run. They just sit there in their formations, and sometimes it almost looks like 1970s old school line them up and uh, put in that uh, vibrating football magnetic field and let those guys just I had one of those because it's it just doesn't seem creative on offense yeah I think what I'm hearing you say is that they need to hire Jeff Saturday so look out for that all right 
Rick broke that news. By the way, remember, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts to nominate FBS or FCS college players. Are people really getting honest about supporting Bryce Young? They think we're making excuses? No, I think what happens, and Debo's more in tune to the the young folks of today in terms of their how they interact with interact with the internet. I sound like a grandpa here, but um, I think like we we're actually all over CJ, but I think people fans like to be angry about something, and fans are angry that CJ didn't go first overall, and he's proving everyone wrong. I'm happy that he's he's having the season that he's having, and at never point. I so say, we no point during the CJ, we didn't rip CJ. Everybody else, including the everybody out there, when he had his like <laughs> low S two score, right. where he's going to be a bust. No, that's right. I was going to say that we've supported CJ Thoreau. We've liked him a lot as well. And but people like to be angry about. Because I had to give him a chance to warm up when he's when we interviewed. Give him. a brother a chance to warm up. His very first start, Minnesota, terrible weather. And you said at halftime you had written a lot of bad things about him. He said, "Don't erase it. Don't erase it, Rick." <laughs> now, good for him. I mean, I'm glad he's having uh, the success he is, and I'm glad for Texans fans. I just hope Bryce can play better because that is not a survivable situation. It feels like. But anyway, five star review. And um, just a little heads up here, Debo informs us, Rick, I don't know if you saw the email because you say you don't read emails very frequently. On Tuesday's Popper Drop next week, we're going to be doing all five-star prospect reviews from Saturday's action. So get your little, get your nominations in and, and we'll get around to those guys in um, due time, quickly, hopefully. All right. That's it, Rick. It's go time. We are talking stay or go. Quarterbacks that are going to be eligible to take part in this draft class. Before we do that, though, we should talk about the, the news that came down on uh, Wednesday that the NFL is going to make some changes to the All Star games and allow juniors to participate. Now, tell me the exact math. In previous years, juniors could participate if they had finished their. What was the rule? At eligibility. So, okay. they, you know, because you have, you're dealing with this COVID year, but. If uh, a junior was four years and graduated, he can even though he had a fifth year eligibility, he can still come out. Now it seems like they're opening the barn door. Yeah, that, that anyone come in and participate. But I'm sure that if a junior participates in an All Star game, that that will say his eligibility is completely over. So you can't come in, I don't think, and play in an All Star game and say, "Oh, I'm going to go back to school." Because I think once you cross that threshold, then you're technically done. You're eligible. I, I think the day you can the the day you decide whether you're declaring or not typically comes after those All Star games. So that January fifteenth, I believe it's usually in the middle of January. Okay. Oh, that's the that's sixty eight days from now. I know that by heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's right around the time that the Shrine Bowl and Senior Bowl get going. So I don't know if you have to tweak that or not. The other question I wanted to ask you is this. How detrimental is this development for seniors and small school seniors who may not now get an opportunity? Well, I don't know, like the partition, participation rate of the seniors participating in these games have gone down. Yeah. So I don't know if that changes their tune now that they know they have some juniors that may be biting at their heels uh, on draft positioning, that this, this changes the whole dynamic of all-star games. How big does the... And there's not an NFLPA All-Star game this year, I don't believe. So how big does the East-West Shrine game come? How big does the Senior Bowl come, especially if juniors are entering in that? And you're going to have maybe the East-West in general hasn't had the same quality of seniors overall that the Senior Bowl has had because the Senior Bowl has always kind of been the name uh, main game 
of all-stars or the one that you want to get invited to. Although those guys down there, they'll practice for a day, then pack it in. Yeah. But I think the quality of these all-star games and the quality of personnel coming into these all-star games for both of them could be a huge, huge benefit, especially for the East West. So uh, I'm reading the tweet from your buddy, Tom Pelissero from NFL network. He said uh, this is from um, Wednesday, the memo from the, the league. Upon uh, the NFL publicly announcing that a player has been granted special eligibility, Shrine Bowl, HBCU, Legacy Bowl, and the Senior Bowl may invite such players, these these guys who aren't seniors, juniors, to, to participate. Okay, so once the NFL declares that they're draft eligible. Yeah, but I, there are other polls out there. There's the Hula Bowl. I, I know there was some going back and forth on, on social media about what does it mean for these teams, so they still have to do the same thing. So there's some stuff to sort out, but is this better or worse, or you don't know in terms of the evaluation process? I think it's huge. I okay. think it's great, yeah, from an evaluator standpoint, to see some of these juniors, uh, because you don't see them after the season. The next time you see them is at the combine, where now if you can see them in an all-star setting, actually start the interview process with them during this all-star setting, uh, it's it's a game changer in my opinion. But then you miss out on the Marty Mapus of the world potentially. Is that – is well, that a trade you're willing to make? Not, yeah. How do you know he's not invited? Well, I mean, it's a numbers game at some point, right? It's it could be a numbers game, but maybe they invite a few more kids. Who okay. Knows? Yeah. Now you expand the roster. The That's problem is, and you've been um, a participant in staying for the Senior Bowl. You did last year. I came home and, and actually got changed before we went on to the Super Bowl. I only had one you, pair of clothes, too. Yeah. You took your duffel bag and you took your uh, little <laughs> parachute pants that you wear <laughs> you hate those parachute pants. i gotta hate the parachute pants <laughs> and uh actually just moseyed on over to phoenix for the uh super bowl Hardcore. the all-star because you stayed for the game but if there's going to be more participation maybe this year i'll stay for the game with you that's an interesting point too because you know this because you've been doing it forever everyone in the league checks out thursday after practice they have things to do you maybe leave a few younger scouts behind typically to watch the game? No. Nah. We'll get the game on tape. But, I mean, there's some people in, – there's some young scouts usually that are there, that are stuck yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Them. They like to stay there. Yeah. yeah. And sure. me, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's an interesting point. Maybe the press box gets crowded and I have to go sit in the stands. All right. Think if I quick. can pull some strings, maybe I can get us some sideline passes. Okay. Yeah. I can be, uh, I'll just be your, well, I am your assistant anyway. Just tell them I'm officially your assistant. I'll get on the sidelines. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to do some uh, stay or go with quarterback class 2024 draft edition right after this. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Fiori gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. 
Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. All right, Rick, stay or go. Let's talk about these quarterbacks. Debo list as no-brainers. Underclassmen Caleb May and Drake, uh, Caleb Williams and Drake May. Uh, I don't think you have. Any, and the Caleb Williams' his father said in September that perhaps he comes back, depending on who's picking where, so on and so forth. Drake May comes from a long line of fantastic athletes. By all accounts, he's a great dude. Caleb's supposed to be a great teammate. Any question in your mind that either one of these guys? He'll never get that opportunity again to be a one or number two overall pick. Right. So why would you pass that up? And then can you imagine the insurance policy you'd have to take out on yourself if you stayed at the college level? And I'm all for people staying in school until they're ready to come out. But these two would uh, not make up that money. And the insurance policy, and God forbid, what if they had some kind of career-ending injury because they came back? Let me ask you this, because I don't know anything about the insurance side other than when people say it. Does the agent, who, pay, we, who pays for the insurance policy? Uh, it's a little complicated on the back end, but for the most part, if it's some of the school, does, does the school take it out? Does a player take out a personal policy? You know, Lloyd's of London. So I don't have the direct answer. Yeah. But it, there are ways to make sure that you're, and I'm sure both these guys are insured this year. Let me also ask you this. Uh, what kind of payout are we talking about if, you know, God forbid, you, you get hurt and can't play again. Are we talking $10 million? Or are we talking 250 bucks? Like what's, I what think it depends on the size of the insurance policy. Oh, and so you can, you can determine how much you want to yeah, get out of it. Like Ryan Wilson and you're saying I'm playing, where'd you go? Bill and Mary. Yeah. We, uh, and, and you're saying I'm going to play there, but I want to take out a $20 million insurance policy in case I cannot play in the NFL. <laughs> so anyone can do it. They're not going to insure you. Oh, okay. Anyone can make the phone call, but they're yeah, only going to answer. also have to, they have, whether it's Lloyd's of London or whoever's doing the policies, uh, usually have a pretty good indicator of where they potentially would go in the draft and the potential loss of income that they would uh, endure if they did get, uh, God forbid, a career-ending type injury. Gotcha. Right. So, I, I mean, no-brainers. Uh, Debo's right with the with the headline there. Caleb and Drake coming out quickly. I did some more homework last night because I was bored. I just went down these rabbit holes uh, that talked about the the Bryce stuff. And then, you know what I looked up? Because one of the talking points we're hearing now, and I'll do this fast because I know we got to get through this. But one of the talking points we're hearing now, we've talked about this before, is that Caleb can't play in structure. Like, uh, you know, he everything takes forever. He's holding the ball 15 seconds, and then he's making plays. So I looked this up, and this is from True Media and, and PFF. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The percentage of, you know, 100% of the plays that Caleb's taken this year uh, – of those, 100%, the, the the plays in which he got rid of the ball in three seconds or less, 55.4%. So more than half. Maybe you wanted to be a little higher, but whatever. It's not like every single play he's running around like a crazy person. 54, 55% of the time the ball comes out on time. I looked at uh, Drake Mays as well. For him, the same number, three seconds or less, 63% of the time the ball comes out on time. So a little better, but it's not outrageously different. And I, I thought that was just noteworthy because – we get so tied up in, in a narrative, and a lot of times I don't think you know people are watching as much of the snaps as perhaps we are, and they just hear things and run with it. Um, 70% of uh, Caleb's completions come in under three seconds. 74% of Drake's completions come in under three seconds. So I'm just putting that out there. Um, yeah, well, if you had that much time last night that you were bored, you should have did the same thing with 
the uh, the CJs of the world and the Bryces of the world, and the difference between the time it takes for the ball to come out of their hands at the college level and then the time that they are doing it now. Because yeah. I believe that Bryce Young is way faster getting the ball out of his hands. He has no choice. He has no choice. Yeah, but it's coming out a lot faster than it did in college. And what you see is that when he gets to the top of his drop, number one, no one's open. <laughs> number two, he, he doesn't have a chance to set. Number three, he has to run or get hit. Yeah, because they have him in a, as a statue in a the pocket. They're not putting him out in play action, as you mentioned earlier, and all the other things that some of these other quarterbacks are doing. All right, one last stat, and then we'll, we'll get going here. Uh, under three seconds, uh, th- that's when Caleb suffers only 18% of his sacks. Uh, 18% of his sacks come uh, when he gets the ball out in under three seconds. 81% come when he doesn't. Uh, on the other hand, Drake gets sacked 40, almost 41% of the time, three seconds or less. So some numbers for you to think about. All right, let's keep going through this list here. No eligibility left for these guys, so they don't have a choice. But we can talk about where we think they might end up going. And I'll just go down the list that Debo has them listed, and you can say, should we do the old, here, we'll do the old Price is Right game, higher or lower. So I'm going to, we'll start, Michael Penix will be our our starting point. And I'll name the guys below Michael Penix that Debo has listed, and you say higher or lower, okay? So Michael Penix for me, tell me where you think Michael Penix goes, like top 35? Yes. Okay. So we'll say first round. So Michael Penix will say 32. Bo Nix. Lower. Spencer Rattler, come on now. Oh, my God. Ooh, way lower. I mean, you can, might as well take a hold of China. <laughs> Stop it. Jaden Daniels. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, that will uh-huh. be interesting. I may have him right at the nips or a little higher. Uh, he's healthier. He's younger. He's a better athlete. He has probably just as good arm. Uh, Penix has a pretty good arm, but yeah. I would uh, – the way Jane Daniels plays and with his mobility, I may give him a notch ahead. That said, and we talked about this a little bit on Tuesday when we talked about Jane Daniels. Penix throws with a ton of anticipation. Jane Daniels isn't quite there yet. Is that something you learn after you're age 22? I think it just is, yeah, because you keep seeing Jane Daniels improve every year. Okay. And he's getting better and better as a quarterback. And we've talked about in the past, guys that have three or four years of experience usually have. A, a less you're an elite athlete like an Anthony Richardson, you usually have a better chance of having success early in your career. Yeah, and Anthony Richardson feels like a unicorn in some sense. I mean, unfortunately, he's not healthy right now, but the way he came in, and I'm sure Saint, Shane Steichen helped him with that development, uh, but right, he feels a little different. All right, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., neck and neck, maybe a little above for Jaden. Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Uh, lower. We haven't talked about him since the first, the week one matchup of Florida State versus LSU when Florida State got the best of him. And Jane Daniels didn't look to be the player he is right now. Um, Tennessee's Joe Milton, who you saw in person at, uh, against Alabama. Yeah, he's he's down. He's below those guys. All right, interesting here. So where would you compare Joe Milton and Notre Dame's Sam Hartman if you're looking for a quarterback on day three? Well, Sam Hartman has such a low ceiling, in my opinion. I think what you see is what you get. Um, so I see him as a Saturday game. Milton, you're maybe betting on the upside, but I do not know if he processes as well as Sam Hartman. Um, Aiden O'Connell or Sam Hartman? Are they similar? Do you like Aiden better? Do you like Sam better? I like Aiden a little better. Yeah, I think I do too. He seems, it sounds weird to say, a little more athletic maybe. 
Okay, now we're now are you comparing you and Pete Prisco as athletes? <laughs> I'm and right. Debo, throw Debo in that mix too. Debo, look, throw Debo. A, yeah, put throw you all in a hat and just pull one out, and you're going to get the same thing regardless. Debo shooting in the 70s, so he's doing something right. I did not play good yesterday, and my I had a I was in a uh, tournament yesterday. The old timers get you. Well, this was a little bit. Uh, it's a little bit like invited to come play kind of celebrity. Oh, look at that. Look at this guy. Humble bragging. Yeah, but it was not good. I should have <laughs> just stayed and did my homework for the next two weeks. Uh, Ryan, you... I would like to, uh, I think formally challenge Rick to a pickleball match. Oh no. I see. I don't have a real sense for how competitive Debo is. I know that Rick will kill people. <laughs> <laughs> Debo, I'll just give you a hint. If you play me in pickleball, uh, I'm not as a very good finesse player with all the dinking and dunking that goes on in the kitchen. Uh, but if Is that what it's called, up, the kitchen? Yeah. But oh, okay. if you put it up a little high, it's either going a home run over the two fences or it's going to hit you right square in the chest. So <laughs> you better get your paddle ready and get it up. Do not put your paddle down. Do you play, right, Debo? Thanks, thanks for the scouting report. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm known to dabble a little bit. I'm talking singles here, no, no doubles. I know Rick's. Uh, yeah, I got, I got like a hip replacement. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I got no knees. I got a this. I got a uh, torn pec. Oh, that's we, right. You don't get anything fixed. I know it's not a big court, but I'm gonna make Rick run. <laughs> he, yeah, see, Debo's got a lot of pent up uh, frustration from you yelling at him on this podcast. He sounds like one of those recreational athletes that thought he was a lot better than just a recreational athlete. <laughs> That's why I don't play. wants to prove they're a great athlete. That sounds like uh challenge accepted, Debo. So I'm looking forward to that. Just don't kill Rick because we got to do the podcast. Maybe we All can right. do the podcast from the pickleball court. <laughs> yeah, we better do it before the match because who knows what's good. You know, the, after the match, you you might be in a in a wheelchair. Either All right, that or Debo will be if I or so <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some guys. Um whose eligibility isn't up and they have some decisions to make that are not no brainers. Shadur Sanders, we've talked about, I mean, the first month of the season, we had so much fun talking about that Colorado, Colorado team when they started three and in large part because Shadur Sanders was playing so well, despite the lack of an offensive line, they do have some skill position players, but the, the wheels have fallen off for that team. They've made some replacements uh, at the, at the offensive coordinating position. They've moved some chairs around there. It has not been fun to watch. Um, Dion says Shador will enter the 2025 draft, so it sounds like he's coming back. If he were to come out, does he still stink into the first round? No. You don't think so? No, maybe, but I, he, that's a the right thing. Dion's I agree. The right decision. So, Okay. All right, Quinn Ewers, who now for two years has been banged up. He hasn't played the last few weeks because of a shoulder. He hurt a shoulder last season. That Alabama game came back and wasn't quite the same. He is completing 71% of his passes, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, run for five more. He lost a lot of weight coming into the season. That was a talking point. I thought he played pretty well at times, but he has two years of eligibility remaining. So you have the backup quarterback of Texas who's played the last two weeks and done uh, done pretty well. You have Arch Manning. What are you doing if you're Quinn Ewers? Well, for his uh, success, I, I would, because he has to prove to the NFL that he can stay healthy. He has yeah. to stay healthy in two years. But if you, I don't know what the game plan is. If you think you're going to get replaced or if you got out recruited by Manning or the backup quarterback, then maybe you do come out. But people are going to have a significant 
concern with the durability on him. Let me ask you something, because I've said this before, and I I cop to it. Like uh, when I'm watching the the games on the iPad or whatever, it's hard for me to tell at times who has a good arm and who doesn't. Texas, Texas fans push back that Quinn has a really good arm. I haven't seen it on tape. Have you seen him in person, or do you have a different take on his arm strength? It's hard to – it, it looks strong enough on tape because you okay. see him make NFL throws, but until you see it in person, it's hard to get a full, complete judgment on it. Because uh, I don't want to tell him he doesn't have one. If he does, I just didn't. It didn't pop out to me. If I knew that I was the starting quarterback at Texas next year, uh, and I didn't have to worry about, like I said, being out recruited or they're going to go with Manning or the backup that's playing right now that looked decent, at least in the last game we watched when we watched Mitchell that we talked about last Tuesday. Uh, I would come back if I were yours. I think so too. And it may, look, it may be a situation where Arch is going to start, and he just maybe he transfers. Quinn does because that's the thing you can do now um, with the transfer portal and NIL and all that. All right, Michigan is working through some things. <laughs> Sweet mercy, live. Let me ask you something, just in general, because I haven't followed that story closely. I know people are fired up about it. Have you ever seen anything that sort of nuts in terms of? We know about the spy gate from when. Um, God, who was the coach for the Jets that told on him that was it from the Patriots? Mangini. When Eric Mangini sort of spilled the beans on that and all the, the fallout from Yeah, the Josh McDaniels spying uh, when Josh, he was out in Denver. Oh, I don't even remember that. So Josh McDaniels was doing it. Have you seen anything like this at the college level before that's come out at least? It hasn't come out. So I don't <laughs> know the intricacies of doing or don't, but it, it, uh, it's a bad look, to be honest with you. Do you have... Because one of the issues is they have uh, footage of Connor Stallions, I think is his name, who's now no longer with, with Michigan. On the sidelines at the Central Michigan game, I think is where people get really fired up. How tight is security on the sidelines? Because you have celebrities there. and like it, it, Many celebrities at the Central Michigan's games this year. I mean, like for the Vikings. like Was there a sideline protocol about who could be down there? Oh, yeah. You have to have – yeah, that's very strict. And, and okay. yeah, well, it's very strict. Oh, you can't just have some – yeah, you have to have an assigned name, and it has to be checked out. You have only X amount of passes, so gotcha. everybody is accounted for pregame, and you know because it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't say, uh, chaos and pregame because they got every you know, Tom and Harry down there, people and all the yeah, I don't call them boosters, but partners and. You can call them boosters. <laughs> this, this and that. Everything is down there in pregame, but once, and that has to be accounted for as well. And then, and then once the game starts, it is very limited on the people that are allowed on the sideline. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That makes sense. All right. Anyway, JJ McCarthy, quarterback in Michigan. I don't know if he he decides if he has any thoughts of coming back. I don't know what's going to happen. Can I with... tell you a funny sideline story? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like some of the colleges, and it's it's kind of interesting. We're talking about this, is that some colleges uh, did not do not let scouts go down in pregame. They say you can have the press box, but some of them limit your access during pregame, which is critical for scouts. And I don't know why they do it, but they do it so the scouts go down there so they can see the body types up close and, and you know kind of like we did at the senior bowl where you go down there and stand look at the guys watch them move for the game and then you go up to the press box uh one of the games i was at florida state notre dame when notre dame opened the season up down at florida state that year and florida state gave him a heck of a run you know notre dame ended up eventually winning that's where um not verse um uh, 
Johnson, uh, Johnson, yeah, popped out in his first game at Florida State. So there were a bunch of GMs because that Labor Day weekend, after you made all the cuts, everybody gets out of the office and you go kind of, I won't call it your vacation, but you get to do something different and just decompress and start, which most GMs love to do is evaluate. And so we were down there and then they found out we had scouting passes, which weren't allowed on the sideline. So the security start walking around and kind of kicking all the uh, scouts back up. So I thought I would be slick. So I was like, maybe I'll just blend in, which I don't blend in very well. So my idea of blending in, I went and stood with all the recruits there. (laughs) (laughs) You're a high school kid. Yeah, so I'm like sitting there, all the recruits there, and I thought maybe I can blend in with as, as a parent or something. <laughs> and I'm like doing this, and you know, and I see security looking around, and then all of a sudden I see three of them point at me like, "Oh, this. they found you!" Out, yeah. You know what's funny, Debo? Like Rick is a very much a rule follower, but he's willing to bend the rules if it can benefit him and, and harm no one. Because at the end of the day, you're not you're not harming anybody. You're just trying to get a better look at. Yeah, I'm trying to get my do my job. Yeah, I we mean, had. How am I harming somebody standing there on a sideline getting body types or talking to coaches? Because a lot of times, if you go down there early, and a lot of scouts go down there early, because when the visiting team comes, a lot of the coaches are in a, a in probably a smaller locker room anyway, and they're in a shoebox trying to get drunk. So the coaches get changed, and then they come out and sit on the bench and everything. And even the last game, the. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama game I was at, uh, you know, there's 20 scouts there. Well, they're talking to the coaches from Tennessee and maybe, you know, and I was talking to one of the scouts. He says, yeah, I didn't get into that school. He was a national scout. So this is a great opportunity for me to grab some of my contacts that are just standing around an hour and a half for the game for the players come out for warmups to get some information or to gather what they need to gather to, to complete their reports. Yeah, and I've heard scouts actually say it's frustrating depending on the school. Some schools are really good, and some schools are a pain to work yeah, with. You can't. It's harder to get access. I mean, you usually have a pro liaison, right. but you're not going to get access to the head coach if you know him or to any of these position coaches. But you know, before a game, that's a great opportunity to maybe grab the receiver coach or to right. grab this coach and just say, "Hey," and especially if you have a relationship with them. And you know he doesn't have time to speak with you during the week if you're on a school visit during the week that you can grab him before a game, you know, hour and a half, two hours before the game. All the scouts, the number one rule of scouts is be there in the stadium two hours before the game. And That's to be cool. there before the teams get there or right when they get there. So when the coaches start uh, filtering out from the locker room that you're able to grab and talk to some of those guys. I don't know how many coaches I talked to when I was down there at that at that Alabama game. You were pretty busy the pro days too, making the making the rounds. Yeah, it is you just you're it's it's a relationship business. Yeah, no, I've been I've been told that a lot. By the way, one of the things that we will not be accused of, you and I when we travel, is being late to incredibly OCD old people. <laughs> we get to dinner at 3 p.m. All right, JJ McCarthy, Michigan. He could come back. I don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh. He may leave. There may be sanctions. Who knows? But J.J. McCarthy's gotten some first-round buzz. You like him a little bit more than I do. What should J.J. do? I think he should probably consider, especially if I don't know what the situation is in Michigan or if it's all going to blow up, 
there's going to be suspensions or what's going to happen. And if I play well down the stretch here, especially in the Ohio State game, like yeah. a, a, that's, you know, what else do I have to prove? So he'd be one that I would lean on potentially coming out because he's in a mix for, in my opinion, the third quarterback off the board. I was going to ask you my next question. Let's say you have pick 17 or 18 or whatever, and J.J. McCarthy's there and Jaden Daniels is there. Who are you taking? I don't know yet. Got, okay. It's, yeah. Well, you're, you're, this is I a podcast. With, I will go with J.J. right now. Oh, okay. There you go. You did answer it. Look what at if you. Penix was there? Uh, I would probably rank them right now. Penix, Jaden, J.J. Okay. That's good for you. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. That was a great evaluation. I agree with that order. I don't know what I was thinking earlier. You can't even catch yourself. You, you, you get yourself. I just got myself. <laughs> yeah, you did. It took a second. All right. Tyler Van Dimes as the jersey that his mom wears to the game. Tyler Van Dyke of Miami. Uh, got up to a pretty good start. We talked about the Texas A&M game. I think he was dealing in that game. And then the, you know, the wheels are loose on the car, and he hasn't gotten a wrench to tighten them up yet. I don't know if that's what you use to tighten up a wheel. Anyway, uh, he has one year of eligibility left. Any... I mean, he's got to be old because he's been on the block a little bit. So I don't know if you care about him being 24 or 25 next year, but any idea about him returning or do you say, come out and see what happens? Him. I don't know how much upside he has. Yeah. He's been there. He's played a lot. Um, You know, it was a third, you know, year as a full-time starter going to help him or not. I don't know. I was hoping to see the big jump this year and we thought we were getting ready to see it and just hasn't panned out. So as an evaluator, you're saying, well, you know, you got to look at the situation, but are you saying, is it, uh, this, it just who he is, is who he is and what we're seeing. And he feels like he'd be in the, you are who you are. You are who you are. Or as Bill Parcell said, you are what your record says you are. All right. He feels like he would be in the tier below. Yes. Aiden O'Connell's and Clayton tunes. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's Saturday all the way. But even I would take, O'Connell in, t- in tune before him, probably. You think? He just is, he just, sometimes he just doesn't look natural playing the position. All right. Well, here's my guy. I can't believe he's even on this list. He's a first round pick, maybe first overall pick. Duke's Riley Leonard had the ankle injury against Notre Dame. Um, I think he's had some injuries since. I haven't, I, I saw another quarterback playing in the NC State game, so I'm not sure if that was the ankle or something else. We know what he can do athletically. He's a basketball player, and he, he's not a quarterback yet in the truest sense of the word. He can throw the football, but he basically wins with his feet. He has one year of eligibility remaining. A month or so ago, I heard he was leaning towards coming out, but I don't know if that's changed. What do you think about Duke's Riley Leonard? He needs to come back. He would be I, a guy that definitely would benefit from another year, in my opinion. How do the, There's a service that tells you tells the player where he thinks he's going to be drafted. What's that called? Well, it, what it is is the NFL – they pull all 32 teams. Each team has a designee that sends in. So the players put in their requests for where will they potentially get drafted. And then the NFL pulls all 32 teams. They don't tell, like, if I say he's a fifth rounder and another team says he's a second rounder, they kind of take the accumulation of all the grades and kind of give them an idea. Okay. But that's pre-physical. That's pre Nothing to do with off field, nothing to do with anything, but what teams are just seeing on tape. Gotcha. And Debo notes that uh, Leonard's still pretty banged up. He's not going to play against Carolina and Drake May this weekend. So that's something to note. So if he gets, yeah, I get it. Okay. So sometimes you hear after the fact that so and so got a second round grade from the NFL, and that's why they decided to come out or go back. So I, I agree. I think Riley should come back. We'll see what he decides to do. 
because you're not going to get those reps in the NFL if you're QB3. Nope. And that sort of stunts the development on some level, I feel like. All right, DJ Uyunglele, we watched him at Clemson transfer to uh, Oregon State, where the, that team is, is playing pretty well. Uh, we both watched him in, in one of the games, maybe the Washington State game, and um, it just wasn't clicking. He looked very robotic, I think is the term you used. But he's thrown 18 touchdowns. He's limited his turnovers. He only has four interceptions. His rush for six touchdowns. He looks like a quarterback you'd build in the lab. He still has one year left. What do you think with DJ? I think very similar to Van Dyke. He's played. He has more than enough tape out there. I don't know if he's ever going to get better than what he has shown on the tape. So I would say if I were lean, if I were him, I'd maybe take a swing at it now. Unless you want to play another year, because you may not play after this year. Yes. Yeah. No, that's just the reality. Sure. But just want to note for guys like DJ, you know, he played in, in 2020, but some guys like that have that extra COVID year. Like he's had four years where he's played a ton of college football, but because of that COVID year, that applies to a couple guys on this, this list. Yeah. So he's a little a year older and has the extra year by virtue of COVID. All right. This guy didn't come out of nowhere. He was just waiting in the wings, but he's had a pretty good season. Carson Beck out of Georgia. We know Stetson Bennett played at Georgia for the last 27 years, and uh, he's now in the NFL. Carson Beck's having quite the season. <laughs> 72% completion, 16 touchdowns, just four interceptions, three rushing touchdowns. And he's doing it without Brock Bowers the last three or four weeks. Uh, Brock had the, what's it called, tightrope surgery, the same thing that Tua had back in the day for the ankle. So hopefully high ankle, him. it's a tightrope surgery when you get a high ankle sprain. And hopefully he'll be back um, before the end of the season. I'm sure that's the hope. But one year left for Carson Beck. I, he hasn't really been on my radar just because he's, he was sort of late to the game and we'll get around to him should he decide to come out for sure. Where are you on him? Because I don't think – I haven't watched him. Have you watched him closely? Yes, I did because okay. he gave it as a homework assignment, and okay. I always You're try to complete my assignment. So You were too busy playing golf yesterday, you said. <laughs> what did you think of Carson? I think that he is an accurate – he's big. Uh, he's pretty good athlete for his size. Uh, he needs to improve – uh, his accuracy down the field. A couple, I think he's thrown the four interceptions were all throws where he was trying to force it down the field. But he has a strong enough arm. He's at very accurate underneath and at the intermediate level between the numbers. Uh, but this is a kid that, for example, you take the Mitch Trubisky's of the world. So, and as evaluators, you're like, well, where's his track record, especially at this position? Where's his history? And I understand he plays on a very talented Georgia team, but it'd be great. I think it'd benefit him with the other guys that are coming out. If he came back to school, played at the same level he's playing at right now, does he have potentially to be a lock for for sure first rounder next year, be one of the top quarterbacks everybody's going to have on their radar to look at next year? I love that. That's good. That's a good little nugget there because I've only seen him as I've watched basically Brock Bowers. Um, and he's made some plays. Spencer Rattler outplayed him in that South Carolina game, but no one wants to talk about that. Yeah, no, that was a great game for Spencer. I, I can see where you see why he should be so higher in everybody else's boards. He did throw an interception in the end, but I don't I don't count that. No, you don't. You just look at the, <laughs> the good he's, he's one of the guys, your top 50 out of the 250 guys you squeeze into your top 50. He's in there. <laughs> I'm the only person in the draft media that squeezes 250 guys into his top 50 media. That's on my little... Twitter bio. All right. I got me watched last week. Michael Pratt out of Tulane. Uh, they won a barn burner last weekend, 13 to 10. Uh, I can't remember who they played. I had it on in the background. ECU, I believe. ECU has given up a ton of points. 
Um, so make of that what you will. 70% completion, 15 touchdowns, just three interceptions. We saw one of those interceptions, almost a pick six the week before against Rice. Uh, he does have four rushing touchdowns. I think he's a better athlete than maybe we give him credit for. One year of eligibility left. Is Have we seen the most out of Michael Pratt, or is there room for improvement? I don't know if there's much, because he's been starting there for a couple of years. So it is, as he is, is he who he is? Is he going to change? Is he going to get better? The only thing in this situation that may be a little different is that if he came back, and I don't know the strength of next year's quarterback class, but there are a lot of names to decipher through this year's class with all these guys here, with the guys that are lost all their eligibility, they're coming out. Um, does he have potential to go higher next year if it is a weaker draft class than it is this year? No, I agree. And um, I've liked what I've seen, but I think I would like to see a little more in terms of the consistency and maybe coming back does that, or maybe he feels like he should come out. We shall see. Finally, Jalen Milrow, who has uh, had a couple. Don't even bring him up. He needs to go back. Well, let me let me at least say this. He's had a couple of nice post-game conversations with Jenny Dell and him and Coach Saban been been yucking it up, which is a good sign to see. It's it's interesting to see the relationship that he has with with uh, Coach Saban because you know Coach Saban certainly, and he can come across as gruff. But I've also heard that he's incredibly good at getting the most out of his players. But you and I have talked about this before. It takes a special player to play at Alabama because it ain't the kid gloves come off pretty early. Yep. Yep. He needs to come back. Again, yeah, no, first I agree. Time starting. Not consistent enough yet. He made some strides in the LSU game. Yeah, he, no, he's getting better, but he's not yeah. there yet. I don't think he is either. But it was encouraging. It was frustrating watching him early because as I was looking through the college stats of who holds the ball the longest, Caleb is certainly up there. Jalen, Jalen Milrose up there as well because he struggles at least initially early on in the season getting the ball out on time. He's gotten better at it, and then athletically in the open field. Good he's luck catching him. Dude. He's a real dude athletically. Oh, good lord, yeah. Ryan, as Rick brings up 2025, I just wanted to, like, anyone on your radar? Because it seems heading in a a lot weaker. I know Clemson's Cade Klubnick gets some pub. Yeah. Yeah, I I would make a case for for Penn State's quarterback. Uh, Drew Aller? Of course you would. Yeah, anyone with a a freaking Mindy Lion on the – they don't even have – do they even have a uh, logo on their helmet? No, they can't even afford it. How many days until you're going to be mean to Debo? I think they. I think that clock. No, is it's just you. Yeah, no, <laughs> Debo was like fair game. <laughs> um, yeah. So Drew Aller, he looks the part. I've only seen the Ohio State game where they wouldn't let him throw the ball at all. That was a sort of frustrating. Yeah. And, uh, and, and speaking of Debo, now that you want to throw in the uh, Penn State kid, you might as well throw in not this year, but the following year, the Ohio State kid may get some love. Well, he's eligible this year, I believe. Like uh, next, no, not, next, no. next year, though. You mean 2025, right? Yeah, he if he's eligible, he, he needs to go back, too. Is it no, McLeod? I agree. Yeah, so those two. Um, it's not like last year, though, when if you're making a quarterback decision, some of those guys last year where you're like, oh, Caleb and Drake and, and some of these guys are at the top. It's There's not that sort of prospect at the top, it seems like, at this point. No. This time last year, we knew about Caleb and Drake. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe Shador is going to be near the top. Yeah. And there'll be some guys, but there's, and Debo actually makes the first time he's ever made a great point when he came behind the Wizard of Oz curtain. Wizard of Oz curtain. What do you say? That there's not a clear cut K 
Caleb Williams or a Drake May in the potential 2025 draft as you sit here and spitball against the wall right now. Yeah. Congratulations, Debo. Rick gave you a compliment. Mark the date because it's going to be a while before you get another one. <laughs> All right, Rick, that was pretty good. You actually were more forthcoming than I expected. You like to be tight-lipped about these hypotheticals. I'll ask you one more hypothetical before we go to break. I heard someone mention this as well. If Caleb came out last year, if he were eligible to, would he have been QB1? Um, who do you have to go against? Bryce, CJ, Anthony, Will, yes. Levis? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just something to keep in mind as we go through the process. Because I know that's going to be a conversation between Caleb and Drake. And, you know, that'll be fun to watch. What I will not allow some of our colleagues to do is pit me against one of the, the prospects. I'm going to be pulling for everyone to have success. That's why they're all in my top 50. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to the game Rick invented, just good football players. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, we just watched a commercial for the lawman. So that's what Debo was talking to you about on Paramount Plus, Rick. Yeah, no, Debo, uh, since you can't rank these quarterbacks except that they're from Penn State or Philadelphia, <laughs> um, how would you rank the Lioness versus Lawman? Oh, that's tough. Both great. I've only seen one episode of Lawman. Two episodes are available right now on, on Paramount+. Plus. It's tough. After after one episode, I, I think I got Lawman a little bit ahead. Oh, really? And Rick's a big Lioness fan, too. Yes, I am. I love the Lioness. <laughs> but Lioness got great a couple episodes in. Mm, mm. All right, I got to go back and check that out. My problem is that I burned through all these shows now, and then when we were traveling in the early part of the year, I don't have anything to watch. So I got to, I got to. Well, watch. Cool. Okay, can I be once? Can I make one smart outlay comment? This is the first time you've asked, so sure. Since you asked, you can. Watch, watch tape. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> I'm over here crunching all these numbers to give you the the support you need to to defend Bryce, and this is how I get treated. All right, Rick, define for us. What just good football player means to you? It's regardless of where they're going to get drafted, regardless of size, regardless of all the physical numbers and everything. When you watch the tape, you don't want to turn it off because you enjoy watching them play so much. Yeah, no, that's it. Um, Debo, because Debo's fastidious at his job, has a list of guys that we went through last year. Our 1.0 version of just good football players from a year ago. Your first uh, crack at it, John Michael Schmitz, who was drafted by the Giants, the center from Minnesota. We talked to him at the Combine. He's a wrestler. He feels like a center. Um, 
he that whole offensive line has struggled, but he's battled injuries as well. But he was certainly fun to watch. Had to get to senior bowl. Dayon Henley, he was drafted by the Chargers. I haven't watched him closely, so I'm not sure how much he's played. And Thomas Encombe as well. Uh, I had Clyde Jacanzi, first round pick, Sidney Brown, second round pick. And, and Debo, you've watched Sidney Brown closer than I have. You're he's not doing he's not hitting all the the high he's notes up so far. Down. He's he's forced into more action than I think the Eagles coaching staff would like. Like that secondary has been decimated by injuries. He's he's okay. He's not, you know, a standout. He's not making any all rookie teams, I think, but uh he'll he'll get better. All right, Rick, do you have the list in front of you of any guys that sticks out from your just good football players from a year yeah, ago? It, it, okay, you you pick, okay, all these first, second-round guys. <laughs> it, what the purpose of just good football players is to find guys that are going to be college-free agents. Find guys like, is it uh, the Rutgers corner we watched last year? Guys that, that may not be first-round picks because they're the obvious, but guys – splattered or <laughs> splattered. <laughs> Sydney was a third rounder to be fair. A third. I thought it was a second. Okay. Well, I got yeah. Marty Mapu on there. Yeah, that's fine. Deuce Vaughn. So yeah, but just try to look at some guys. And I know we're very early in the process and you probably have, well, you've done 250 guys already for your top 50. So, yeah. but find some of those guys that realistically are Saturday guys, or maybe a college free agent that, Geez, I know he's not going to get drafted, but I'd love to have him on our football team or to sign him after the draft. Lesson learned, by the way, because you got your list in early to Debo for this version of it. You stole a lot of good guys. Like one of my favorite players is your last guy on your list. I won't say it out loud so you can say it, but he is a, he, to borrow a Rickism, he plays with his hair on fire, even though he's a little sawed off there. All right, so let's get to the, this list here. We'll start with you, Rick. You've talked about uh, Justin EBOG before, the defensive lineman at Alabama. I'll go through the list, and you can hit the highlights. Tommy Eichenberg, linebacker at Ohio State. You know what's funny? He was on my list last year, and then you yelled at me because you're like, he's coming back, and I didn't know that. You stole Cameron Scadabo, the running back out of Arizona State, who we've talked about before. It's a five-star. Javon Bullard, we did summer scouting on, the uh, corner, the nickelback out of Georgia. And then my guy, defensive tackle Howard Cross out of Notre Dame, who is – that guy is an energizer bunny. All right, tell me who you who you who you want to hit on here. Yeah, uh, the Alabama defensive lineman Iboji. Uh, Iboji. Iboji is a uh, underrated defensive lineman because of his size. Uh, excellent at, at the point versus the run. He plays extremely hard. I watched him play live in the Tennessee game. Must have had. 22,000 tackles against the run, made a great play on the screen. And he's not a great pass rusher, but can play up and down the line. One of those typical Alabama defensive linemen to come out. The thing that I was really impressed with is last year, he missed most of the season with neck surgery. Oh boy. Came back and played and played extremely well with no issues with his neck. Uh, great kid. Uh, just talking with him. Um, and I'm, I was very excited to see him come back off that injury because he's a, you say, a fine young man, which I kind of miss that, Ryan. You took it out of your repertoire. I'll bring it back. Okay. Uh, Eichenberg's just a very good football player, uh, not as athletic as Jack Campbell or the, some of those other guys, but he attacks downhill, uses his hands, uh, has some athletic limitations, uh, but just love watching him play the game the way he plays. Um, old school Mike linebacker. We we talked about Scadabo, and he was just you know as a five star, he was one of the funnest or most entertaining players I watched because he does so much for that offense. Uh, 
And he was a transfer, I believe, from a smaller school, Cal, somewhere. He was a Sac State guy, too. Yeah, but uh, very good football player. Bullard, I went back and watched tape on this year and playing just like he did last year. Oh, good. Nick. He is a going Jesse and run support, <laughs> has some limitations in coverage, uh, but very good football player. And then I didn't even know you knew Howard Cross. I thought I would uh, kind of throw one by you. Probably going to be a college free agent. Maybe someone will take a swim, swing on him late. He's only like six foot, maybe 280 pounds. But watching him versus Ohio State, uh, watching him versus all the teams they played, he plays basically nose tackle, but he has such powerful lower body and the way he plays with leverage and his energy and effort to get to the ball, regardless if he's blocked or not, was fun to watch. And then I think he's a little underrated as a pass rusher. I was pleasantly surprised watching him work the edges of an offensive center, and he can harass the quarterback. So uh, I know with a six foot, 280 pound, that's going to be, and probably not going to be a great athlete when you test him at the combine. But if you just want to watch a good football player, watch him play and how he plays the game. I'm going to tell you the most Ryan Wilson thing ever. I, I liked him so much that I put him. Uh, a honorary 51st on my top 50 list with the understanding that he probably will go much later than that, but I just love the way he played. So that's that's how you get 250 guys on a top 50 list. You'd use a bunch of asterisks. <laughs> did, yeah, did, I, let's add that. did you like all these guys? Have you seen these? I, for the most part, I, I thought they did pretty good on my first initial. That, I, you stole a lot of my guys. Like Eichenberger had on the list last year. Scadabell I was going to put on there. I hadn't watched Javon Buller this year, but I'm glad he's still playing well. And Howard Cross I love. And you talked about EBOG before. So I took your word on that. Yeah, this is a pretty strong list. Um, you guys don't have a lot of uh, positional crossover here with version 1.0, but just want to say this is a good opportunity. We had a lot of $1 bets that stemmed from just good football players last year. Oh. oh. Yeah, I still am waiting to get, although you bought me coffee almost every place we went last year. So Yeah, yeah, of I, course. I bought you at least $14 worth of coffee. Yeah, that one day we went uh, when we were up in Stanford, Connecticut. I had like to try five different coffees. I didn't sleep for three days after that. Yeah, you didn't understand the. You didn't read the directions. Don't chug the coffee all at once. Just sip it and see which one you like. Next thing I, I know, like, there's back to the uh, to the beer uh, barn and and here here are these five microbreweries. Try these five different beers. That's true. So, uh, Brian gave me uh, five different types of coffees. I had an espresso. I had a uh, americano. Yeah, look at you. Uh, I ha I had a regular dark coffee, and I don't know what else you were. Anything as long as it doesn't have cream or any kind of fluff oh, in gosh. it. Uh, yeah, I, I let you try a cappuccino, and you acted like I gave you like uh, prune juice. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I don't even know if prune juice is still a thing. That's something old people used to drink to make themselves regular. Yeah, so it was horrible. Anything with cream in it is horrible. Do you eat cereal? Yeah, but that's not cream. This is milk. There's no cream in a cat. It's just milk. It's just milk that's been milk doesn't go in coffee. That's just that's just oh boy. All right. Let's get let's get back to the, the task worst, at hand. Worst thing ever. You you buy coffee because of the coffee taste. You don't that's want, true. If you don't want to have coffee and mask the coffee taste, then don't buy the coffee. I don't actually disagree with that. That I that that's one of the few things I agree with you on. And the by the way. We're almost a year into this thing, by the way, Rick. November 28th is our birthday. Oh, so, it is? Yeah. We'll be one year old? Yeah. We were born just after Thanksgiving. That's crazy. I know. So, 
for your birthday, I'm gonna get you a big gallon of milk. <laughs> I remember I was in because uh, we were doing it on Mondays last year, the first show, and Debo sent the homework assignment, and I was like panicking. So I spent six hours in the studio <laughs> trying to freaking watch all this twenty-two thousand guys. Okay, this is our first draft show. Let's go through the top hundred. <laughs> And Diva, that's why Rick is going to kill you when you guys get to the pickleball court. <laughs> Holy Moses. All right. Here's my list. And I don't know how many of these guys you've seen as of yet. We know Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I took your advice. I put him on the list. That was an easy one for me. That was a layup. Um, here, let's make a little bet here, Debo, since you brought it up. Who gets drafted first? Jeremiah Trotter Jr.? And we talked about him on Tuesday's show, Popper Drop. He popped because he absolutely went off against Notre Dame. Pick six, two sacks. Flying all over the field like an old school linebacker. His dad, of course, played for Depot's Eagles back in the day. Who gets drafted first, Rick? And you get you can make the bet. Or you can pass it to me and I'll make it. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. out of Clemson. Or your guy, Tommy Eichenberg out of Ohio State. Both linebackers. Both you know, because I'm I was like so far up on you that you are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You you need to start taking some swings because yeah. I, I, it's it's unfair. This is actually a tough one, too. <laughs> Um, golly, I'm going to take, I think Eichenberg goes first. That what do you think? I don't know. Well, that's <laughs> I think he agrees, Diva. All right, Diva, put me down for Eichenberg gets trapped at first. No take backs. Unless he gets, you know, unless someone is, is, doesn't come out or they suffer a hamstring injury or something, then. Oh, uh, no, you're just, that's all right. I'll take it. Got to take it. I was, right. I was looking up the first ever topic that we had on, on with the first pick from last year's last year's rundown and, and what caused Rick to uh, study for, for six hours. I guess th this was, this was too daunting. <laughs> the draft order. If you're listening, it's uh, which players positions would be the top targets. If these respective teams landed the number one overall pick and if at the top were the Texans and the bears, the Lions, Seahawks, Steelers. Boy, was that a bad guess there, Debo man, was that off? That was that was what the order was. That was the, the draft time. order at, at the time. God, the Steelers are doing terribly in late November, huh? Yeah, Seahawks and from Denver and well, the Seahawks Fox. actually ended up picking fifth. Yeah, and the Lions, the Rams picks. The Lions traded around, and then I think they started at twelve when they got Jameer originally. All right. So, well, now that uh, Rick's in the in the group, he doesn't do quite as much homework. He can even squeeze in some golf for for the kids charity. Well, for the kids' charity, where he was a celebrity. Where the, who was the other celebrity there? Just me. Oh, you're the guy. You're the main attraction. How about that? <laughs> All right, here's the rest of my just good football players. Uh, version 1.0, 2024 NFL Draft Edition. mentioned Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Jalen Simpson, the safety out of Auburn. I'll go through the names and I'll go back. Jasheen Davis, the edge rusher out of Wake. Smoke Harris, the wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech. And Talise Huaga, the tackle out of Oregon State, who plays with um, our guy DJ Uwe Ungalale. So Jalen Simpson, um, I don't know what his official height weight is, but he's listed at 6'1", 177, but he plays uh, in center field. He can come downhill, and he, he'll he pop you. The problem is the size, but he had a really good game against Georgia, had a couple of PBUs against Brock Bowers. So Brock Bowers had like 75 catches in that game. Uh, very few of them were because of Jalen Simpson. So I like him as a, as a uh, deep center fielder. We'll see how the size plays out, but he he flies around the field, and, and, and he is, uh, makes himself known. Uh, in center field there. So that's fun to watch. Jasheen Davis. I watched him early on in September. I haven't gone back, um, but he has he has a good number of sacks this year when I, I checked the stats the other day. But 
you will not see anyone play with a higher motor. And I know we talk about hair on fire and what do you call him? A running Jesse, a going Jesse, going Jesse. My goodness. He is, he's got a little twitch to him and he, he can, he can, um, he can move a little bit. He's, he's, he doesn't get pushed around at the edge, but he is quick and he is hair on fire. Get after it. And I, that's not something you can coach, right? Like either you have it or you don't like you can have a coach yell at someone, either they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. Yeah. Unless you just shame them. <laughs> like you do with me with 68 days from now. <laughs> so I, I've loved watching him. They're going to play Syracuse in a couple of weeks. And I, I think I'm going to try to go to that game. I got some binoculars. So Rick, I'll take a picture of that. So you can see me use my binoculars. Take a stopwatch too. A what? Stopwatch. Oh, stopwatch. Yeah. Yeah. I got a, I got a big clock stopwatch. I'll, I'll stick out that uh, in that way. Um, and then Smoke Harris, the wide receiver out of Louisiana Tech. So, Rick, you're going to love this guy because he's 5'6", 175. But I think we're seeing a resurgence thanks to guys like Tank Dale. And this guy plays angry. And he is one of the toughest guys on the field. He is regularly hitting home runs uh, in the past game. He's not surprisingly uh, uh, adds something in, as a returner, punt and kicks. Um, primarily runs slots, no surprise there. Primarily is used in the end of rounds and like the orbit motions and getting the ball in his hands, letting him do his thing. But he routinely puts up big numbers. And it's going to be interesting to see how the all-star game situation works out for him because there's a difference between being Tank Dell at five, eight and a half, and he's special. Like we talked about him on Tuesday because he's popping every week. And then someone like Smoke Harris, who we've seen that sort of player height weight-wise, but it's hard to imagine him being a top 100 pick. Just because of his size. Yeah, but in your world, he's a top 50. Oh, yeah, 100%. Have you ever drafted anyone? How tall was Jarek McKinnon? Five, eight, nine. Oh, okay. So that's... Five, 200 pounds. Yeah. And he scored a touchdown the other day for the Chiefs, so he's still getting it done. But he was... Uh, was he a third or fourth? Do you remember? I can't remember when we drafted him. I think he's right around that range, though. Yeah. He, was, fun- the, uh, run- he was the wishbone quarterback at Georgia Southern. Oh, that I did not know. Holy cow. Yes. Okay. And we, yeah, we drafted him as a runner. Interesting. All right. And then finally, Talise Fuaga, the tackle that I've talked about before briefly uh, on the podcast. But he's one of those guys. I was watching when I, before I did the top 50. He also made my top 50, Rick. You will be surprised to learn. Um, but I was that, and you talked about this at the top. You watch someone and you enjoy watching them play and you want to see more. That was Fuaga for me. I had no expectations going in. And I watched him. I was like, oh, now this guy moves well for his size. He's strong. He's stout at the point. He gets to the second level. He's athletic in space, yada, yada, yada. And I was texting with a scout who covers the West Coast and said that maybe his future's inside, which is a conversation that you, we seem to have all the time. And I don't know what determines whether you're inside or out. But um, I would put him in tackle and see what happens and go from there. He plays on the right side. And maybe he has short arms. I don't know what his measurables are, but he was fun to watch. As a uh, now, look, he may end up being a, a top forty pick. In which case, that sort of makes him null and void for my list here. As you, no, find you it. one of those guys. We had guys. I mean, okay, I don't want to punish the guys that are good football players, <laughs> like first, second round picks. But uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Simpson at 177. That's going to be a hard sell to go super early. Jeremiah Trotter. We talked about him. Jasheen Davis. I liked. I'm actually curious to see how he works out. Uh, you were not a fan of his teammate, Kobe Turner, so who <laughs> ended up going in the third round to the Rams. He's been playing pretty well this season. Smokes 5-6, as I mentioned, so we'll see about that. Let me see if there are any other, any other bets in here that I can make. Um, I think Javon Bull is going to go higher than Jalen Simpson because of the size. 
Uh, oh, here's one we'll do. We'll do this one. And you haven't seen Smoke Harris yet, but um, Cameron Scadabo, running back slash quarterback slash punter, or Smoke Harris. And Smoke Harris, I think, is going to run pretty well. And the thing we've talked about with, with Scadabo is how I don't even need to see Smoke Harris. I'm taking Scadabo. Okay. Even though, even if he runs a four six five or whatever, if yeah, but if they're what if they're both free agents? Yeah, you take a scatabo because he can. Yeah. Re- I don't even know if he returns or not, but he feels like he can be a returner. No, no, he can't be. No, too slow. Smoke Harris. No, scatabo. Smoke returns kicks now for Louisiana yeah. Tech. I don't remember. I have to go look at my notes to see if scatabo is returning stuff now for Arizona State. Yeah, no, I don't know if he is or not, but it not, uh, we would go like this. Let's say we had a dollar bet. Here's a new rule. Okay. <laughs> new rule. And both of them were college free agents, but signed after the draft. The one who gets the biggest okay. guaranteed money would be the winner. Okay. All right. Is I like that rule. Debo? Yeah. We'll fall asleep again. No, no. I was just reading some stuff about Rick Spielman and his 14 handicap. <laughs> uh, by the way, I checked really quickly. Scadabo uh, is not returning kicks or punts for Arizona State. He is punting, however, uh, for the Sun Devils. All right, so w- what's the bet going to be on Scadabo versus Smoke? The dollar bet. No, you I mean, take- we're just saying, who, who are you taking? You're taking Scadabo, you said. Yeah, I would take Scadabo <laughs> if I were you. <laughs> I'll take Smoke just to make it. I'm going to take Smoke. Okay. And whether it's drafted or undrafted, I think he signs for my money if it's undrafted. How about that? Okay. That's great. There we go. That is it. Those are just good football players. Version 1.0, we'll circle back on these throughout the draft process. And we even got a, two, uh, a couple of uh, dollar bets out of it to start things going. We haven't had one of those in a while. All right. I think that's it, Rick. Unless you got something you want to yell at Debo about. <laughs> no. All right, that's a wrap on episode 96. Thanks as always to my guy Rick. Thanks to Debo for producing, and thanks to all of you who watch and listen and comment. We'll be back on Tuesday for another pop or drop. In the meantime, happy Veterans Day and uh, enjoy the fall this week.